Welcome. You are listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue Podcast, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's better to hear it live, this is a place to catch the latest sermon, conversation, and select program. If you like what you're hearing or want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get a notification for our next episode. Enjoy and see you in shul. Shabbat Shalom. This past Wednesday, corresponding to the 18th day of the Hebrew month of Tevet, marked the 50th anniversary since the passing of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, heir to a great Hasidic dynasty. Heschel lost nearly his entire family in the Holocaust, narrowly escaping to arrive in America. In his words, a brand plucked from the fire of an altar to Satan on which my people were burned to death. Scholar, theologian, mentor to generations of rabbis, Heschel's presence continues to loom large in Jewish life today. If you haven't seen the publicity yet, please take note of the afternoon session of our upcoming Shabbaton devoted to Heschel's legacy, and I'll be teaching a selection or two from what is perhaps his most famous book, The Sabbath. What you may not know, what I did not know until it was pointed out to me, is that 40 years ago, this very day, January 14th, mystically corresponding to that same 18th day of Tevet, Heschel delivered what was perhaps the most famous and consequential speech of his career at the opening plenary of the National Conference on Race and Religion in Chicago. The Torah reading that day, as is the case today, was Parshat Shmot, and Heschel began as follows. At the first conference on religion and race, the main participants were Pharaoh and Moses. Moses' words were, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go that they may celebrate a feast for me. While Pharaoh retorted, Who is the Lord, that I should heed his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. The outcome of that summit meeting has not come to an end. Pharaoh is not ready to capitulate. The exodus began, but is far from having been completed. In fact, Heschel said, it was easier for the children of Israel to cross the Red Sea than for a Negro to cross certain university campuses. The speech delivered on the same day that George Wallace delivered his infamous Segregation Now, Segregation Tomorrow, Segregation Forever speech electrified the room. Heschel did not mince words. Racial or religious bigotry must be recognized for what it is, blasphemy. To think of man in terms of white, black, or yellow is more than an error. It is an eye disease, a cancer of the soul. As Julian Zelizer explains in his mesmerizing recent biography of Heschel, it was this speech in which Heschel brought the full force of his people's tradition, life experiences, and personal meditations on the need to stand up to racial injustice as a human imperative. We are all pharaohs or slaves of pharaohs, Heschel pronounced. 
denouncing not just the sin of racism, but the insidious evil of indifference, stating by negligence and silence, we have all become accessory before the God of mercy to the injustice committed against the Negroes by men of our nation. Some are guilty, Heschel said famously, but all are responsible. The speech received a five-minute ovation and catapulted Heschel to national prominence. Perhaps more importantly, it established a friendship between Heschel and Martin Luther King Jr., whose memory our nation recalls and honors this weekend. Heschel and King met for the first time at that conference, both charismatic preachers at the height of their powers, both heirs to dynastic religious traditions, both shaped by the traumas of their youth, Heschel in Nazi Germany, King in the South, both influenced by the theologies of Reinhold Niebuhr and Buber, both married to musicians, both relatively short and stocky men, and perhaps most importantly, both infused by the message of the biblical prophets. What is the essence of being a prophet, Heschel asked his audience that January day. A prophet is a person who holds God and men in one thought at one time at all times. The two men formed a bond at the conference that would last for the rest of their lives. For those familiar with King's letter from a Birmingham jail, written just a few months later, one can sense the traces of Heschel's diatribe against indifference. The photograph of the two men marching in Selma, arm in arm, an icon of American history. Heschel's personal history and prophetic empathy demanded that he fight on behalf of civil rights, and so too King would advocate on behalf of Jews, blasting the Kremlin, and to this subject will return for an attempt to liquidate the Jewish people in Soviet Russia. Years later, 10 days before King was assassinated, Heschel would introduce his dear friend at the Rabbinical Assembly Conference, and he said, Martin Luther King is a sign that God has not forsaken the United States of America. His presence is the hope of America. The assembled rabbis rose and welcomed King, linking arms, chanting, We shall overcome, Anu Mitgaber, in Hebrew. At the memorial service for Heschel, a few years later, held right here in Park Avenue Synagogue, Coretta Scott King, in this very spot, called her late husband's friend one of the great men of our times. It's 50 years since Heschel's passing, 40 years since Heschel's friendship with King began. Today we pause to honor Heschel's memory and measure ourselves according to his legacy. Who are the Heschels of today? Who are those leaders who embody the spirit of the prophets of old, who speak to the perils of the hour, the injustices of our age, even and especially if doing so makes them unpopular. Today, Heschel is idolized. I have spent not an insignificant amount of my money sending my children to a school bearing his name and ideals. However, in his own day, Heschel's stance on civil rights, on Vietnam, on Catholic Jewish dialogue, amongst others, were deeply unpopular across America, across the Jewish community, and at the very seminary in which he taught. This past week, a rabbinic colleague of mine took a stand on an issue of the day, in this case, the new Israeli government, that made him very, very unpopular in certain circles. 
whether you or I agree with this or that rabbi on this or that position is secondary to the bigger question, not just who are the Heschels of our time, but whether the soul of our community is capacious and supple enough to house those voices with whom we disagree. To honor Heschel's memory is to honor those who would boldly speak now, who would sing, Anu mit Gaber, we shall overcome, to whom we will, in retrospect, look back on with gratitude, as we do Heschel today. Fifty years later, on this weekend, I cannot but reflect also on the sorrow state of black Jewish relations. It's not so much that King agreed with the Jewish community on everything. Before he was assassinated, the Six-Day War had already begun to put a strain on black Jewish relations. But because their relationship was strong, because they embraced the humanity of the other, while positions may have differed, people were not demonized. Prejudices were given no air to breathe, and conflicts were debated respectfully and civilly. In our age of Kanye and Kyrie, we need the voice of King. In our age of Kanye and Kyrie, we need more voices of Heschel. We, and here I mean the Jewish people as a whole and our community, need to act intentionally, lovingly, and vulnerably at the leadership level and the grassroots level to build and rebuild our relationships with the African-American community. As a colleague of mine said to me, enough already with the pictures of Heschel and King hanging on the walls of rabbis' offices. We need to put some new people in those picture frames, reflecting a renewed chapter of interfaith and interracial community relations. Fifty years later, and I'll speak more about this on the Shabbaton, I yearn to hear Heschel's voice in the discourse of the Jewish community, specifically his strivings of the spiritual searchings of a Jew and the ever-present demand to create a just society. When it came to theology, to the power of mitzvot, to a life of learning, thirst for God, the power of the Sabbath, Heschel was in his own league. Nobody could or still can touch him. But Heschel's religious commitments always extended beyond his parochial faith. Because of his personal history, because he knew that because we were once strangers in a strange land, we identify with the heart of the stranger, because he himself embodied the spirit of the biblical prophet, Heschel knew that for faith to be authentic, it had to be filled with empathy for the other. To be religiously observant but not engaged with the issues of the day was unconscionable. Zelizer relates that at a class at JTS Heschel was teaching, he asked his students if the ingredient gelatin was kosher, and a debate ensued. He then asked nuclear weapons, kosher or treif, and the room went silent. Silence on the major issues of the day for Heschel was inexcusable. A devoutly religious man, Heschel was attentive to the spiritual strivings of the individual and the suffering of humanity, and that, together with his protest against the evils of indifference, was exactly the point a point to which we must in present day retrieve and affirm in word and deed. Finally, and by extension, in studying and honoring Heschel's legacy, it's instructive to consider the range of issues in which Heschel engaged over the last 10 years of his life. Had Heschel merely continued 
to write theology and teach at JTS, that, as they say, Dayenu, that would be enough. That he engaged, as he did in the civil rights movement, in spite of the headwinds within and without the Jewish community, that too would have been enough. But civil rights was just one sphere of Heschel's concern. Heschel was a leader in the fight for Soviet Jewry, lamenting that Russian Jews are an abstraction for Americans. Given Heschel's background, it's unsurprising that he championed the fight against anti-Semitism. Heschel played a critical role in Jewish-Catholic relations, engaging in secret shuttle diplomacy with the Pope in hopes of addressing the ancient hatreds endemic to the Catholic and the Western tradition. In the run-up and aftermath of the Six-Day War, Heschel was a voice of Zion, penning a poetic volume on the place of Israel in the hearts of Jews and the Jewish people. Heschel's Zionism, nevertheless, ever stated that the God of Israel is the same as the God of the Arabs. Heschel stood at the forefront of protests against Vietnam, a controversial position to be sure, especially so in the pro-Israel community who feared that Jewish opposition against Vietnam would prompt America to withdraw its support from Israel. The story is told of Heschel's dear friend, Elie Wiesel, who was called to ask Heschel to rein it in, a plea to which Heschel responded to Wiesel, listen, there are people in Vietnam who have been bombarded for years and years and years and have not slept a single night. How can we simply go on and not try to help them sleep at night? And Wiesel took Heschel's side. It wasn't just that Heschel balanced a life of teaching, scholarship, and activism, or even the number and range of issues in which he was engaged. Rather, it was that Heschel understood the condition of humanity, not any one cause to be the guiding principle of his activism. In his words, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. These days, for some reason, we see life as a series of binaries. You're either pro-Israel or you're a progressive. You're either engaged in interfaith dialogue or you're fighting anti-Semitism. You either advocate on behalf of migrants at the border or you seek a secure America. As if engagement with one worthy cause precludes you from another, as if the humanity of a Jew, a Palestinian, an Israeli, the African-American, or the refugee are any more or less worthy in the eyes of God. Not so, says the prophet. Not so, said Heschel. Early in my life, he wrote, my great love was for learning. I've learned from the prophets that I have to be involved in the affairs of man, in the affairs of suffering man. I am neither a prophet nor a son of a prophet. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel was not just a generational leader, he was a sui generis one the likes of which neither I nor any of us can hope to replicate. But what we can do in our own lives and in our communal life is aspire towards his high ideals, a life of scholarship, of faith, of humanism, of the pursuit of justice, to bandage the wounds of a suffering humanity, to tend to the defense of our faith and our people, to grow ever daily as Jews, to never fall victim to indifference, and to know that these efforts are not mutually exclusive, but serve as interdependent markings of a well-lived life. The month following his passing, 
Heschel's final interview was posthumously released, an interview with the correspondent Carl Stern taped shortly before he died. At the conclusion of the interview, which covered the range of Heschel's activities, Stern asked Heschel if he had a message to the youth of America. And speaking to young people, Heschel said, quote, there's a meaning beyond absurdity. Let them, the youth, be sure that every little deed counts, that every word has power, and that we can, everyone, do our share to redeem the world in spite of all absurdities and all the frustrations and all disappointments, and above all, remember that the meaning of life is to build life as if it were a work of art. You are not a machine, and you are young. Start working on this great work of art called your own existence. Every deed counts. Every word is power. Build your life as if it were a work of art. May this be our charge today and every day. And may the memory of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, Harav Avraham Yehoshua Heschel, Ben Harav Moshe Mordechai Verezel, be bound up in the bond of life eternal. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. See you in shul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.